Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise His holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We do praise you, Lord, and worship you and honor you. Glory, 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 glory. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Amen. I was reminded while we were praying there, you know, uh, springtime is time when they begin baseball season. Well, I noticed reading in the paper that, uh, didn't actually read it, just, just noticed it went on, <laughs> that uh, in spring training, you know, just before they got in now, then they've opened up the season, that uh, certain teams had uh, certain people who were yesterday's baseball great to come and instruct them. Like, for instance, the Boston Red Sox had Ted Williams, just their spring training to instruct them, batting instructor. Now, what's he doing? Teaching lessons on batting? No, he's giving some instruction. They're spending most of the time batting. They're not spending all the time on instructions. Amen, isn't that right? No, he's the last 400 hitter, you know, in major leagues. He instructed them, or he watched them while they batted and maybe give some instructions about changing your stance or doing something, you know. Amen. Well, you know, it ought to be that way in spiritual things. Praise God. And in prayer, you know, we don't just, you don't just spend all your time listening. I mean, they never learn to bat listening to somebody telling them how to bat. You'll never learn to pray listening to somebody teaching on the subject of prayer. Amen. You'll never learn to drive an automobile uh, listening to somebody that's giving lessons on driving. Oh, you can learn a lot. But you wouldn't learn how to drive a car just listening to them instructing you. So you won't learn how to pray just listening to somebody teaching on prayer. You'll learn how to pray by doing it. But most of the time, folks would rather be listeners than doers. <laughs> the Bible instructs us about not just being hearers of the word only, but being doers thereof, doesn't it? Amen. Praise God. Now, uh, two portions of Scripture. I just didn't, don't have anything planned, but, and we're going to just give a little insight Scripture. But I was impressed with while we were praying. Praise God. Uh, first, the 13th chapter of Acts. 13th chapter of Acts. And uh, here, the scripture said in the first verse, Now there was in the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and so on, uh, and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and man in which had been brought up with Herod, and then finally it mentions the name of Saul or Paul. As they. Now actually they refers to these five men who are listed here. Not, not the whole church. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. Now what do you suppose that means when it said they ministered to the Lord? Well that means they were doing one to three things or all three things. Praying singing, worshiping God. Amen. I said praying, singing, worshiping God. Ministering to the Lord. Uh, you, you see, we have some insight of what it means because, you see, they were waiting on God, weren't they? Or waiting before the Lord. 
we, we have some insight into what it means to, uh, to minister to the Lord, though it may, may say it in different words. For instance, you're right there in the 13th chapter. Turn right over to the 16th chapter of the Acts. You remember the story of uh, Paul and uh, Silas in jail in, in Philippi. They had been beaten. Their backs were bleeding. They were in their most prison. Their feet were in stocks. Now notice particularly that 25th verse. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. I, I think another way you could say they just ministered unto the Lord. What did they do? They prayed and sang. Hallelujah. Praises unto whom? God. Unto God. Hallelujah. You'll notice instructions that are given by the Holy Spirit to believers and to the church. In other words, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul said, writing to the church at Corinth or at Ephesus first in this uh, fifth chapter of Ephesians, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. That's the 18th verse. But be filled with the Spirit. Now notice, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to whom? To the Lord. To the Lord. So I'm sure that when it said they ministered to the Lord, that these are things you're talking about. Paul is one of them that's there. Saul, later called Paul, is one of these five men that was ministering to the Lord. Hallelujah. And then these, Paul was there with Silas when they prayed and sang praises unto whom? God. Here he talks about speaking to yourselves. He's not talking about something, you know, that you're ministering to others now. That's true that we do minister to others that way sometimes. Colossians 3.16 tells us about that. But speaking to yourselves. Something goes on between you and the Lord and sometimes just on the inside of you in your own heart. Speaking to yourselves. That's all part of the prayer life. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's some of what it means to minister to the Lord. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Well, you know, to tell you the real truth about it, we don't know too much about ministering to the Lord. We spend our time ministering to one another. Did you ever notice the songs we sing, so many of them? We're not ministering to the Lord. We're ministering to somebody else. We're ministering to the congregation. We need to learn to minister to the Lord. You minister to him, he'll minister to you. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Now, you see, folks just, they, they give themselves away a lot of times. They'll, 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 they'll want you to pray, you know. And, oh, I'll tell you, the Lord just seems so far away. One lady said to me one time, yeah, that she'd been praying all night long. Just couldn't get a hold of him. <laughs> well, uh, Actually, the Bible said, draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. So she evidently did not draw nigh to God. Nigh just simply means near, doesn't it? 
Well, uh, why didn't she draw near to God? She's praying. Well, she's doing it the wrong way. And in unbelief. How did these folks draw nigh to God? Or draw near to God? By ministering to Him. In other words, you minister to the Lord and He'll minister to you. Now you see that right here. As they, they refers to the, uh, refers to the five men's names who were mentioned in the first verse of, of Acts 13. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Glory to God. Amen. The Holy Ghost said something. See, that's the kind of atmosphere he moved. You, you minister to the Lord and he'll minister to you. You draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. How do you draw nigh to him? By ministering to him. How do you minister to him? By praying, praising, worshiping him. Just get your mind off of everything else and everybody that's around you. Uh, we, we're going to do that here just in a moment, see? J- just in other words, draw an imaginary circle around you and the Lord. Just imagine there's nobody in this room but you and the Lord. Forget about everybody. Close your ears and uh, see what happens. Just have a time. Glory to God. Sing, worship, praise. Hallelujah. Now, what, what's, what's the result? Well, one thing, drawn out of God, he'll draw out of you. Amen. Minister to him, he'll minister to you. But you see, there's a, there's a, there's a personal side of, of, of edification and blessing. Now, notice when uh, Paul and Silas were in jail, and at midnight they prayed and sang. Now, uh, I, I know that that literally means uh, the time midnight. The Bible said so. But I think also that you could also spiritualize that. It could also mean at the, the midnight of your life. You know, when it's dark. Well, that'll sort of tie in with the verse here in James five thirteen, where it said, is any among you afflicted? Uh, that, that's, that's midnight, isn't it? Afflicted means tested, tried, in trouble, going through a hard place, having a hard time. Well, Paul and Silas were certainly going through a hard place. I mean, uh, after all, you know, their backs are bleeding. They've been whipped. They're, they're in jail. That's not easy, is it? You know, when you haven't done anything except just serve the Lord. Just got the devil cast out of a little girl that's telling fortunes. That's the only bad thing they did. And her, her masters got mad about it because their means of making money is gone. The devil's gone. She can't tell fortunes anymore. Amen. And so they got Paul and Silas arrested and in jail. Their backs are bleeding. Their feet are in stocks. Not their hands, but their feet. Well, you're tired then, aren't you? Amen. And they're in their most prison and at midnight. At midnight. See, that tells you what to do at midnight. I'm going through an awful hard place. I I just don't know what to do. I do. Well, I've been looking for somebody, you know, to counsel with me and tell me what to do. It's not necessary. Just do what the Bible said. Do be a doer of the word. What am I going to do now? No, too many people don't want to do what the Bible said to do. Like sometimes I use the illustration that we were there in California and Ken was crusade director then before we started Rhema here. And somebody asked, uh, well, one man kept wanting to talk to me, wanting to talk to Brother Hagin. Well, Ken said, I was teaching the daytime, preaching night, said he talked to people after the morning service, but after the night services, he doesn't talk to people. But now if you could be, well, I can't be here in the daytime. I need to see him. 
Well, Ken said, maybe I could help you. You know. So the man presented whatever his problem was. And while he was talking, like Ken said, Scripture just, you know, I mean, while you got all kinds of answers in the Scripture, just covers his case. I began to tell him what the Bible said. Here's what the Bible said. Answered him exactly. And he said, uh, oh, I don't want to hear that. Now, can you help anybody who don't want to hear the word? No, you might as well forget it. You could talk to them till you're blue in the face. And then amount to hill of beans. Just, you just wasted your breath. And I don't want to hear it. Well, Ken said, if you don't want to hear it, forget it. And walked off and left it. That's all you could do. I, I remember a lady one time uh, said to me, I was pastor at the time, and uh, I inadvertently, I didn't intend to, but I just, you know, I don't know, it just came out. Spirit of God inspired me, I guess, to just mention something that I don't know even that she was there. I didn't, didn't realize whether she's there or not, you know. Didn't even have her in mind at all. But I happened to mention something that she was doing that was wrong. You see, and she sort of got mad about it. I don't know about it. See, she's talking to me later and crying about it, you know. So I want you to forgive me. Well, she said, I wrote this radio preacher, you see. You know, trying to get him to side in with her that it's all right for her to practice this particular practice. And he wrote back and said no. And I wrote this radio preacher. And he wrote back and said the same thing. Well, I thought, I, you know, I'll just contact somebody that's not full gospel or Pentecostal or, you know, you know, you know sort of maybe a condone, you know. That's what she's telling me now. You know, she's really confessing, you know. And, and she wrote them. And they wrote back the same thing the others did. No, it's not right. Now, see, what she's really doing is seeking not really help. She makes like she. In fact, that's what she confessed to me. I confessed, you see, that I was seeking help. I wanted them to help me, but it's just really wrong. I, I'm really trying to get somebody to side in with my sin and say it's all right. And she began to cry and said it's not all right. And I repented before God. And I want to repent before you. It's not all right. And I'm quitting it. You know, that's the trouble with a lot of folks. It's, it's really, they really, they're not really seeking help. They're, they're, they're seeking somebody to decide in with their wrongness and tell them I'm right about this when the whole time their hearts tell them they're wrong, you know. Amen. Or else they're seeking somebody to do for me what I'm supposed to do myself. Well, I'll tell you, Paul and Silas would have been into it if they're going to have to get somebody else to pray, how would they contact them? If they had to depend on somebody else's praying, they'd have been in a mess, wouldn't they? Is any afflicted, any is any of going through a test among you, let him pray. I know from experience, you tell people to do what the Bible said to do, and that closes the chapter right there. At midnight, see, that's what, that tells you what to do at midnight. You know what I mean by midnight now, don't you? At midnight... Paul and Silas prayed. What are you doing? Going around trying to get people to sympathize with you because you're having such a hard time. <laughs> Amen. I I'm well satisfied. Some people don't want to get delivered. They keep going around talking to everybody they meet about. Because you see, if they got delivered, they wouldn't have anything people to feel sorry for them about. 
Humans are funny, aren't they? People are funny, aren't they? Really, a lot of times people just attract attention unto themselves. It's not even the devil, just the flesh. <laughs> we was preaching one time. Well, again, Ken was crusade director. We preached her up. Actually, we were up in New York State a uh, year before we started uh, Rainbow Bible Training Center. And uh, so one night, uh, Ken came back. Uh, after ministering to the sick, laying hands on folks, the anointing, I don't know, the anointing, a lot of times I sort of settle down my leg and I can't hardly stand up. That's one reason I get off by myself and sit out. And, and, and the anointing on you, sometimes you just, you just, if it's real strong, you just feel numb all of some time. It's taken me at times, now not, not every time, but at a, a few times, a couple of hours to get back to normal again, where you feel normal. The anointing is, you know, John Lake likened uh, this. He said, electricity is God's power in the natural realm, and the Holy Ghost power is God's power in the spiritual realm. Well, you know, you get a hold of electricity, it'll affect you. <laughs> and the anointing of God flowing through you'll affect you. Are you listening to me? So that's the reason that I get away from folks, you know, and, you know, you just don't want to talk about things. You can get away. And, and uh, so I had gone back behind the platform, this auditorium, was sitting back there, you know, and Ken came and said, uh, well, no, one, one, of the fellow, one, full, one of the full gospel businessmen that actually that helped us set up the meeting. In fact, he had rented this, uh, this uh, auditorium for us and, and sort of did legwork for us, you know, before we got in there. He come back and said, Brother Hagin, there's, there's, there's a woman out here that I think you ought to come and deal with. Said, you know, seemed like she might be devil-possessed or something. And I said, well, you know, you fellas, you know, I mean, you've got the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, I'm... Couldn't hardly get up. Somebody'd have to help me up out of the chair because the anointing of God upon me. So I said, "Y'all just go ahead and do it." So Ken came back and said, "Dad, I think you ought to come." So I don't know what happened at all. Now uh, I'll fill you in so you'll know and you'll appreciate this. See, I don't know anything. I didn't know it till afterwards. But actually, this woman, a young woman, about twenty-eight years of age, she just out out in the lobby of this auditorium. And the book tables are there and all. She just started throwing a fit, like she's having a, some kind of a fit, and cursing. You know, down in Texas, we say cussing. Just plain old Texas cussing, you know. Just, just, just cursing out loud, just, and just going on. Just. Well, some of the folks got a hold of her, you know. Some of them, uh, men and ladies, got a hold of her, you know. And some of them tried to cast the devil out of her. They just sure that's a manifestation of the devil. She's demon-possessed, acting up that way, you know. And so they're holding on to her. And, and Ken said, I don't know, told me after, said, without thinking, I just uh, run up there and said, you fellas turn loose. That's not the devil. That's nothing in the world except just her going on. And so they looked at him, saw the start, and said, oh, it's bound to be the devil. And so he said, well, take her into that room. So they took her into a side room, and that's when he come and said, Dad, I think you ought to come. Now, I don't know that. I don't know anything. All I know is that one man came first, full God bid the man and said, you know, would you come? And then Ken come and said, I think you would come. I don't know a thing in the world. So I followed him and the full God bid the man, you see, out and down the hallway and into this room, you know, and she's sitting down there looking wild-eyed and several of them around her, you know, and looking more wild-eyed. Because <laughs> they've, uh, you know, they've treated the devil. So I just sat down there, you know. And the minute I sat down, I knew on the inside of me, you, you know, no, I don't mean just to, you know, how'd you know? I don't know. Just in here, I just knew. I said to her, sister, uh, 
that's not a demon or an evil spirit. That's just you are putting on. And I'll tell you why. You just want to attract attention unto yourself. And so you just sold a spell and started cussing, started going on, you know, just to get attention. And you know, when I said that, she began to smile, you know, said, you know, Brother Hagin, I've been acting that way ever since I was a little girl. Said, I found out when I was about three or four years old, if I'd throw them fits, I'd get attention. And, and I've been doing that all my life. 20, I'm, that's how I knew. Now I'm 28 years old. Been doing that for 24 years, seeing the past. Well, I said, you don't need any devil cast out of you. You need to give your heart and life to God. Well, I've been saved. I said, well, I know it, but you're sure not walking in fellowship with God cussing. You need to repent. And you need to repent for acting this way. She said, well, will you pray with me? And so we just prayed. Praise God. And you know, she's in every service just a smiling and happy, you know, and said, thank God I'm, I'm, I'm just free. Well, that's all some people need. Are you listening to me? They need not for somebody to do something for them. Now, I helped her by praying with her, but she's got to repent. I can't repent for her. and You can't repent for her. She's got to get straightened up. I'll tell you so many times in people's lives, they need to do something. And all the world, they're doing things. They, they've got an ulterior motive in mind. And they lay it off on the devil. Well, I'm not taking it for the devil, but the devil's just not responsible for everything that's going on. Amen. Say amen if you can. If you can't say amen, say oh me. I didn't mean to preach along to you, but, but it's good anyway, isn't it? Huh? And I don't know why I tried to get around this. Just kept coming up in my spirit. And I tried to get around it and I couldn't, so I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I'm going to give you another illustration. I, I, you know, I just kept thinking, no, I won't do that, I won't do that. And just kept coming, just kept coming. Just kept coming back. It's a strong. I was, uh, before I went to pastor the last church that I pastored down in East Texas, now I went to pastor there in 1946. But in 1943, three years before, I was holding a meeting at a neighboring church about 10 miles away. And during that meeting, they had a fellowship meeting in this church that three years later I went to pastor. So I went over to the fellowship meeting and I was invited to be one of the speakers there that morning at the fellowship meeting. And after speaking that morning, then they had dinner on the grounds and had an afternoon service. So while we were eating dinner on the grounds, the pastor came to me and other officials of that particular full gospel nomination, uh, about three or four here, and, and said, Brother Hagin, uh, you know, w would you go with us? The pastor said, one of the ladies of our church here, she's had an attack. She's been having these attacks, and she just passes out, you know, just, just gone, you know. And we prayed and prayed, and, uh, and, and, and they felt like it's a devil or a demon, you see. We prayed, and she didn't get healed, so therefore it must be, you know, oh, it's amazing how we figure things out in their head, isn't it? Huh? And they thought maybe I might know if it was, you know. Uh, and they knew that we'd had some success in ministering to the sick. So I said, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. We said, just right up here, just, just not very far from the church. So we got an automobile, about four or five of us preachers, you know, and the pastor and myself, and we went up to this house on the hill. And this lady had had this attack and just fallen out. She'd have these attacks just fall out. And she had fell out in the living room. They'd, they, they'd got her over on the couch. And there she is just a groaning and going on, you know. And I looked at her for a minute, you know, and looked on the inside of my spirit, and I said to, 
the man of the house, he was there. They'd introduced me to him. I'd never met him before. Strangers, never been to the house before. I said, would you go get me a glass of water? <laughs> and he came back one of these, you know, you've seen these big old goblets, you know, we used to call them iced tea glasses, you know. It sets up on a stem, you know, and they're pretty big, you know. He got, brought me one of them. I guess he thought I was thirsty, wanted to drink, you know. I didn't tell him. So he brought that and I throwed it in the woman's face. And when it did, she came up. She'd moan and groan and, you know, out of, and she just came, oh, my God, why'd you do that far? I said, now, come on out of it, sister. There's not a thing in the world wrong with you. Not a thing. And I'm going to say this. I said, your husband is standing here, and, and, and these men, your parents are standing I'm going to tell you exactly what's the matter with you. Now, all this is put on. All these spells you've been having is put on. The main reason that you're having these spells, you want your husband to think that you're sick because you want his attention. And another thing is, you don't want to be a wife to him. You don't want to go to bed with him, and so you're throwing these spells. Now straighten up, repent, and get right. You know, that's all some people need. Just straighten up, repent, and get right. Amen. Amen. How come you to say that? I don't know. I just, I just couldn't get away from it, so I just did it. That's all the world she needed. It's all the world you need. Well, now you can run around and seek help and counseling and prayer all you want to, but till you do something. Till you do something. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. They prayed and sang. Hallelujah. Well, now listen. Isaiah said, They that wait upon the Lord. Oh, what a job it is. You'll give out. May never make it. Oh, no, that's not what he said. Amen? What did he say? You remember? You know where it's found? Have you marked it in your Bible? Well, I can see that there's some folks don't even know it's in there. So we better just turn and read it so you'll get it. How many of you got your Bible? Hold up your Bible. Everybody has your Bible. Maybe, you know, maybe sharing it with somebody, but that's all right. Hold up. Woo, glory to God. Like, like Brother Osteen said, wave it and make the devil mad. <laughs> Look at that. Did you ever see so many Bibles? Glory to God. Looks like everybody's got one. Amen. That's going to be sort of the password here. You can't get in without your Bible. <laughs> Amen. Well, now, where is that found anyway? Do you know? All right. Isaiah 40. Let's start reading with 28th verse. We'll get the full import here. Read right on down through the last verse of the chapter, which is the 31st verse. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. Well, that's what folks need a lot of times, isn't it? And sometimes, sometimes, all of us. <laughs> he giveth power to the faint. Them that have no strength or no might, well, I'm so weak and so unworthy and so undone, they that have no might, he increases strength, power, 
strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But let's listen. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now listen, we just got through reading. He giveth, talking about the creator, the God, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He giveth power to the faint, to them that have no might. Not any. Not any. He increases strength. How does he do it? Well, I'm waiting for him to do it. No, they that wait upon the Lord. That's the way you do it. By your waiting upon him. Can you get what he's saying this here? Have you not heard? Do you not understand that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, doesn't faint? Amen. He doesn't grow weary. You see, by your waiting upon him, you partake. You partake of him. You partake of his strength. You partake of his power. You partake of his glory. (laughs) Woo! They that wait upon the Lord. So, what does it mean here in the New Testament? See, now they didn't have the New Testament written then. The only scripture they had was the Old Testament. I believe these men, because Paul knew the Old Testament, well, you see him quoting it again and again, proving Jesus is the Messiah and so on. That's the only Bible they had. I I believe really that, that knowing that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, that's what it meant when it said they minister to the Lord. They was waiting on the Lord. Amen. They were ministering to the Lord, waiting on him. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Well, pray for me. I feel so weak. Well, it didn't say get somebody to wait on the Lord for you and your strength will be renewed. You do it. See, that's where our problem is. That's where our problem is. We're looking for somebody else to do. Oh, I got a hush. I get to preach in here, don't I? (laughs) You got it in. You just come out, won't it? (laughs) Amen. Doing exactly opposite what I said was going to do. Well, let's do it all today and then we won't have much to do next time. Amen. You see, that's, that, that's where the problem is. No, you wait on the Lord. Your strength's not going to be renewed by me waiting on the Lord. Can you see that? You do it. You do it. Now, now I think we are living, in, we, we in, here in America particularly, living in such a day, you know, we've got everything, you know, sort of, a, you know, quick, you know. Quick frozen. <laughs> TV dinners and quick this and quick that, you know, and until spiritually we're looking for something quick, something sort of magical, something sort of works, you know, snap your finger, hip, hip, hooray, that's it, I got it. And we've heard faith preaching much, we think that's going to work. No, do you ever stop thinking about it? It didn't say he that believes God or he that has enough faith will new his strength. No, it said he waits on the Lord on new his strength. Huh? Come on, we just might as well stay with what the Bible said. No, the prayer of faith only works where the prayer of faith's supposed to work. See? But the prayer 
and there is a waiting. I'll listen to me. It works where it's supposed to work. And the prayer of intercession works where it's supposed to work. It won't work here. And, and, and the prayer of consecration and dedication works where it's supposed to work. And that's where a problem is. I've said it in every prayer seminar. I'm going to keep on saying it till everybody believes it. So I'll say it from now on. Everybody catches on to it, see? Our problem is that we've just took all prayer and bundled it all up together and put it all in the same sack and shook it all up together and poured it all out together. And it's confusing. And we've confused the prayer problem. God didn't. We did it. Different kinds of praying, you don't use the same rules. We tried to take the rules that govern the, the prayer of faith and apply it to these others. And it won't work. Just flat won't work. No, they that wait. They that wait. Wait. Tarry. Wait. Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Well, now, as they ministered, I believe that's one thing they were doing is waiting on God to minister to the Lord. I believe means to pray, to wait, to tarry, to worship, to sing unto him. But now here's a thought. Here's a, here's a, that's the first thought. But here's, here's, an, here's another thought. That's the kind of atmosphere that God speaks in. See, you create an atmosphere for God to work in. Scripture in the Old Testament, remember said God inhabits the praises of his people? Well, we know he inhabits us all right, but yet around other hand, there's a peculiar way in which he inhabits the praises of his people. Well, if there's no praises, there's nothing for him to inhabit. See? And so, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Now, now we want to do that. I'm going to talk some about fasting in connection with prayer. People have a tendency, it seems, when on anything of the Bible or scriptural or religious, to get in a ditch on one side or the other side. And so if folks on one side of fasting, they'll get in a ditch, they want everybody to go on a 40-day fast. You've got to fast a long time, see, because it takes a long time to get God to move because he's so slow. <laughs> and then other folks on the other side don't do any at all. Well, we've got to get in the middle of the road here. Uh, you see, they, these folks, these were Jews, they were used to fasting. A lot of times they'd only fast one meal a day, the evening meal. They ordinarily didn't go on long fasts. Are you listening to me? But they would fast pretty consistently all along. I, I used to do that. The Lord said to me finally, I was out there on feel, I'm more pleased if you live in a fasted life than I am you're going on fast. I said, what do you mean? I never heard anybody say that. He said, well, first don't ever eat all you want. Boy, that's harder than fasting. <laughs> don't ever eat all you want. Just stop. See, control your appetite. The Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches be, be moderate in all things. Let your moderation be made known to all things, unto all people. Amen? Don't, don't ever eat all you want. Just eat a little bit all along. So I got further spiritually by just eating one meal a day. See, I fasted too. 
Well, I'm fasting constantly, but you see, I'm still not doing without food. Your body has to have food. God don't want you to go without food. Well, now somebody said, what if he lays on you a 40-day fast? I doubt very seriously that he will. Doubt that very seriously. Never has me. Well, now Jesus fasted 40 days. He's the only person that ever did. Oh, now wait a minute. Moses did. No, he didn't. Go back and read that. He is up there in the mountain in the glory of God. Anybody can do without food up there on the mountain in the glory of God. <laughs> yeah, but Elijah did. No, he didn't. Angel came and fed him angel food. You let the angels feed you a time or two and you can go a long time without anything. Amen. Well, I just promised God I made a vow I never would eat any more bread. I've got to stay with it. No, you don't. That was ignorance gone to seed. God didn't pay any attention to you. You might as well barked at the moon to set it. You ought to have enough sense just to eat a little bit. I eat a little bit of anything I want. But I'm not going to make a hog of myself over anything. Are you listening to me? He's more, he told me I'm more pleased with that than I am you're going on these fasts and staying on that. See, live a fasted life. Then you can just stay in the presence of God all the time. Hallelujah, daily, constantly. Are you listening to me? I promised God I never would eat any more of this. Well, God put this stuff here for us to eat. He just didn't want you to be a hog about it. I eat a little bit of anything I want, but I'm not going to make a hog of myself over anything. And I stay healthy and well. I go along sometimes five, six, seven years at the time, don't know I have a body. Amen. You don't want to say I don't have a body, you know, not, 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 not attack me, anything, no pains, no aches, no, no cold, no nothing. Then once in a while I act stupid, you know, and stuff up a little bit, you know, because you got sweated and went out where it's cold. You ought to have better sense than that. So I have to repent of my stupidity first before I can get my healing then. Amen. And nothing ever affects me that I eat stomach-wise. You just eat anything I want. Never affects me. I sanctify it. It's sanctified. I'll bless your bread and water. Now, he didn't expect them just to eat bread and water and nothing else. That's symbolical. God said to Israel, I'll bless your bread and your water. Did he just mean they're just supposed to drink water and eat bread? That's all? Certainly not. Well, you go back there and see. But I'll bless it. Oh, you get God's blessing on your food, boy. It'll do you good. You won't have to give up anything. Just eat a little bit of anything. But you get over here in stupidity. Well, I won't do that anymore. I just won't eat that anymore. If it's food, if it's got food value to it, your body needs it. Are you listening to me? Well, I don't know whether I believe I'd not. Well, let him that's ignorant be ignorant still. Just go on, be ignorant if you want to, and miss it. Come on, you might as well say amen. If you can't say amen, say oh me. Now, where were we here before we got to meddling? Uh, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. That's the kind of atmosphere. See, you create an atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to say something in. You create an atmosphere for him to move in. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We were praying. Now, I've said all of that and I said a lot that I shouldn't have said. Well, it's all of me to say it, but I mean not in connection with what we want to say. It's all right. I wouldn't have said it. 
If it wasn't all right, I wouldn't have said it. Amen. But uh, a while ago, while we were praying, I'll tell you, the Spirit of God began to talk to me. Amen. The Spirit of prophecy began to come upon me. You see, that's the value. That's the value of worshiping and ministry. Don't you know, even in the Old Testament, when, when, when they got, uh, got the prophets, you know, and wanted them to prophesy, they didn't know what to do. Enemies coming against them. They're outnumbered. Seemingly defeated. And he said, well, bring me a minstrel. <laughs> when the minstrel began to play. Now, do you think that that minstrel began to play the Memphis blues? <laughs> Certainly not. That'd turn anybody off. <laughs> Do you think he began to play some Pentecostal rock and roll? No. no. You think he began to play a funeral song? No. no. I believe he began to play something unto the Lord that was lively, Amen. worshipful, Amen. glory to God. And the hand of the Lord came on him, the prophet that is, and he began to prophesy. Yeah, I heard the Spirit of God say, it shall be. It shall be even as I told you. For I'm not a man that I would lie. I didn't say it, and then I'll go back on it. If I said it in my word, surely I'll bring it to pass. All you have to do is just believe it at last, and it shall come to pass. If I have spoken unto you by my spirit, no, not what you imagined in your mind, not voices that you heard out in the world, but that still small voice at the very center of your being. If I said it to you, I'll bring it to pass. Yea, it shall surely come to pass. There are those here today that I've said to you some things about ministry. I've showed you things to come. For remember, saith the Lord, I said, when the Holy Ghost has come, he'll show you things to come. He'll show you things to come about your life. He'll show you things to come about your ministry. He'll show you things to come about the church. And occasionally, he'll show you some things to come out in the world. But you see, God is not the God of this world. Satan's a God of this world. And God is primarily concerned with those things of his. And he will show you things to come. And if he showed you, they shall come. But you see, I've spoken unto some of you. And you've said, oh, now, 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 I must be getting off here. I mean, that just sounds too far-fetched. But yea, saith the Lord, remember I don't always bring it to pass next week, for there is no next week with me. I don't necessarily bring it to pass next month. There is no next month with me. I don't necessarily bring it to pass Ogama, Vrebebe, Blegina, Credasus, Obava. And you said, is he talking to me? If he's talking to you, there's a witness in your spirit just now. If he's talking to you, yeah, yeah, there's something on the inside of you that just jumps for joy. That's what I said in tongue. I'll go back to what he was saying. And so, I don't necessarily bring it to pass next five years because there's no such thing as the next five years with me. 
I don't necessarily bring it to pass the next 10 years, for there's no such thing as the next 10 years with me. I don't necessarily bring it to pass the next 25 years, for there is no such thing as the next 25 years with me. I don't necessarily bring it to pass the next century, for there is no such thing as the next century with me, saith the Lord. Time is only in relation to you and to mankind. I'll be the same next week as I am today, saith the Lord. I'll be the same next month as I am today. I'll be the same next year, next five, 10, 25, next century as I am today. And so very often when I speak unto you, I'm speaking about the future. Don't despair because it doesn't come quickly, but merely wait and rejoice and flow with the Spirit and it shall surely come. And now is the time, time as far as you're concerned, now is the time that these things shall begin to come to pass. For you see, time is running out. And time will fade into eternity. And so those things must come to pass before time runs out. And time is short. And so it shall come. And ye shall go. And ye, oh yeah, oh yeah, your life will be that which I told you it would be. And your ministry will be that which I told you that it would be. And those things that seemed impossible will surely come. And the hand of the Lord will come upon you in a new and a fresh way. And the Spirit of God will move. The manifestation of His glory shall be as it has never been before in your life, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, yeah, that time of waiting, that time of waiting, that period of waiting it never seems to be easy. Waiting, waiting, waiting. But you see, it takes the Lord time to prepare some of us. No, not to prepare himself, for he's always prepared and he's always the same. He never changes. But we must grow. We must mature. We must some of us mature mentally, for in mind we're still children. And some even who are older mentally are still teenagers. They need to mature mentally. All of us need to mature spiritually. And some things nothing but spiritual growth will teach you. It's taken me a little time, but I've just about got you ready. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what the Holy Ghost said. Amen. I didn't say it. The Holy Ghost said it. Well, I heard you say it. I know it. That's where I got it. Those from him. <laughs> Amen. I remember I was holding a meeting. Excuse me, I want us to pray. Do you mind me talking a little bit more? I mean, we'll not do it every day, but it's all right some days. <laughs> if you get inspired, amen. Amen. I was holding a meeting in uh, the month of July 1944 in East Texas, Overton, Texas. Now, the pastor... I had, I, I'd, I had this meeting uh, scheduled. Uh, the pastor I had heard before I've got there had a heart attack. Oh, some weeks 
many, many weeks before. Uh, but uh, when we got there, he, had, uh, he was coming back to church, but he hadn't preached, hadn't filled the pulpit any. Some of the neighboring pastors came to visit. Uh, one of them, a particular close friend of mine, said, because you see, the man was, he had this heart attack. They had rushed him to the hospital. People were praying, of course, but, uh, but his heart stopped. He was dead. They got him to go in again. And they kept praying, these fellow pastors and ministers, the doctor knew that, and, and, and one of them said to me, in fact, his brother Goodwin, J.R. Goodwin said to me, said, uh, the doctor told him, said, uh, see, he recognized something. He said, I don't know, I didn't talk to him, I don't know whether he's a Christian or not, wasn't a member of any of our church, but he said, y'all are holding him here with your prayers. You'd be better to turn him loose and let him go on home. So he must know something. He said he was dead too long. If he does survive, and if he did regain consciousness, because he's unconscious, if he did regain consciousness, because he didn't get oxygen to his brain, he wouldn't be right mentally. It'd be better for him to go on. Now, now, of course, he's telling you what he knows medically. See? Brother Goodwin said, no, we couldn't do it. Said, I said, doctor, we can't do it. Something on the inside, the Spirit of God in him, holds us to it. About three days later, he just suddenly regained consciousness. Mind's all right. Mind just perfect. All right. Well, he was regaining his strength. He hadn't preached any, you know. But he emceed the services and in the pulpit, you know, making announcements and taking prayer requests and so on. And I did the preaching, you know. Well, one night, you know, we'd been running over into the second week and one night he was making announcements and I don't know, he got his tongue tangled up somewhere or another. You know, you, anybody does that, you know. Said a thing or two backwards, you know. Now, my wife and I and our children were small and, and we were just staying in the parsonage with them and we'd go to church one night in their car because parsonage and another way we'd go in our car and, you know, you could see it's during the war. Gasoline was rationed. You'd save gas out of way and one thing, you know. And, uh, and so this night, uh, we hadn't hardly gotten car and started home till his wife just lit in on him and said, I'll tell you, the doctor said your mind wouldn't work right. You're just going to have to stay out of the pulpit, you know. Uh, you know, got up there and made us all those mistakes and said those things backwards and so on, on, and on she went. My wife spoke up and said to her, said, well, sister so-and-so, you know, it's just one of those nights sometimes you do it. Said, well, Kenneth got up right behind him and did worse than he did. He just made two mistakes and Kenneth made three. I said three things backwards and there's not anything wrong with him. You know, that you can tell. <laughs> Not anything wrong with him, you know. See, she ought to have been encouraging her husband. But anything come up. No, you can't do that. Remember what the doctor said. Now, you can't do that. You won't be able to do this anymore. Now, one day, he had got a call, you know, to go visit somebody that was sick, needed help. He went to visit him. My wife had gone to the beauty shop. The pastor's wife and myself were doing the dishes. I was washing them. She's drying them. I'd rather wash them and dry them. And I said to her, I didn't prophesy. I said what the Spirit's saying. That's what I was doing a while ago, just saying what the Spirit was saying. Not necessarily prophesying, though, 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 though there is a Spirit that begins to move on. And I said to her, Sister so-and-so, if you don't quit talking negative to your husband, you're going to talk him to death. He'll die in two years. I told her that because the Lord told me to tell her. Well, now, she sort of just, 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 just got mad, you know. I mean, oh, she rose up, you know, just. I said, wait a minute, just right in the midst of her anger and speaking short to me. I said, wait, 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 wait. I got her shut up. That's hard to do with some women. And I, I finally got her to hush. 
My, 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 I'm going to get into it, ain't I? Now, you women be kind. In spite of me. <laughs> Whether I am or not. I like these services. We just have fun, don't we? Huh? You know, there's something about these services you don't get in other services. You ever notice that? Don't you like these? Glory, hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. I think our problem is in our other service, we're too used to having church, and so we get too churchy. Amen, Mrs. Spirit. You know, it's got to be done this way, because we've been doing it that way. Sister No Soap's got to sing a special. Brother Doolittle's got to do his part. Time everybody gets through injecting flesh into it, spirit of God's grieved. <laughs> this is one of those days, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. Somebody, well, praise God in I'm just, whew, hush now. All right, I said to her. <laughs> you may have to come up here and help me out, brother. <laughs> Rescue me here. <laughs> Uh, where was I? <laughs> I said that you're going to talk him dead. He'll be dead in two years. Oh, she just lit in on me. I mean, just raised her voice. You can tell she's mad. You know, you can tell people mad. He got red in the face. I mean, you know, in her voice. I thought she was going to hit me with that dish towel, you know. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, now that's not Kenneth Hagin saying that. That's the Lord. Yeah, I know I said it, but I said, I'd stake my life on it. I'd let him cut my head off for it and say it didn't so. The Lord told me to tell you that. Well, he just took all that out. She humbled down just immediately. Tears come down. She said, well, now, Brother Hagin, I'll accept that. Because I, I, I know how the Lord uses you, and I, I, I've seen it, and I, I, I'll accept it. And I think she did temporarily. But you know, two years, when I say two years, see, that was July well, actually, it was two years, wasn't it? I never thought. It's June. June's the 24th month. June, two years, and then it would be the 24th month, wouldn't it? I'm preaching a revival in a full gospel church. And, and the pastor said, uh, we're going to have a funeral here tomorrow. Well, I said, whose funeral? I said, Brother Scales. He died exactly two years to the date. That's what the Lord told me. He's going to die in two years if you don't hush. I don't ever stop thinking about you can talk people to death or not. You can talk yourself to death. You can talk other people to death. You keep talking unbelief to them, doubt. It'll, it'll register on them. Did exactly the object of what I'm advocating. <laughs> Spent so much time talking. But what I want to do is, is set the pace for us. You know, we'll have to say it again maybe. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, 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 he may say things to you he's not even saying to me. He may say things to me he's not even saying to you. Then he may say some things that's pertinent to all of us. He evidently said this. How did he say this? I don't know. It doesn't say. But I'm, I am I'm personally believe one of the prophets spoke it out. Reading I believe that because it mentions the prophets being there. And we know God uses uh, the greater gift instead of a lesser gift. At least one thing about it, they all knew it. Amen. Amen. It was all, it was, it was, 
unitedly heard and unitedly agreed to. And then they fasted again. Well, that doesn't mean they went on 10 day fast. They just missed one meal and laid hands on them and sent them forth. My, 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 my. Some of you still hung up on what was said earlier. How can that be? (laughs) Because God showed you some things about your future. Future life personally, future ministry. How can it be? How can it be? As long as you're going to question it, you're going to keep putting it off. Quit questioning it. Just rest in it. Let him bring it to pass. In his own way and in his own day, it will come. But that period of preparation sometime. Before he can bring it back, before he concerned, he could have done it yesterday from his standpoint. But you see, it takes time sometimes for us to change and get in that position. This will help you. I, I, I know in my own particular case. I talk about the last church I pastored. and I got dissatisfied in my spirit, so I took extra time to wait on God. Did a lot of fasting. I don't... I never did fast over, I don't think, one day at a time, maybe into the second day or, or, or barely into the third. But usually thing, just missed one meal a day. I do that pretty consistently. And pray. And uh, kept asking the Lord, why am I so dissatisfied? You know, to be satisfied. What's the matter with me? I must be abnormal. Must not be a normal human being. We, we live in the best house we ever lived in. We're the most comfortable we've ever been. My children are, the, are, are well clothed. We're driving the best automobile. We're wearing the best clothes. We're eating everything. Fine, fine. Church in good shape. I ought to be saying, what's the matter with me? But in here, in here. Finally said to him, I nearly called you to pastor to begin with. That's what's wrong with you. Now, you know, I wasn't that smart. God will use little simple things to teach you. You see, he said that to me. That's where I got it. Nearly everything I know, that's where I got it. It's him, you know. He'll take natural things like he's talking about to teach the Spirit. He said, because you see, you're out of my perfect will. He said to me, it's sort of like washing your feet with your socks on. <laughs> you, you know, you know something's not right. You don't feel right when you wash your feet with your socks on. <laughs> but if you don't look to see what's wrong, you don't know what's the matter, you see. So spiritually speaking, a lot of times, you just know something's not right, you know. Well, why, why is it? Well, stop, wait on God, and find out. Never did call you the pastor to begin with. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. That's your problem. You're in the wrong office. Then you see, while he's at it, he said, what are you going to do about what I said to you 10 years ago? Think about that, 10 years. See, this had to do with the healing ministry, what he's talking about. I'm not going into detail about it. I just knew exactly what he's talking about because it's almost 10 years to the very day. It was the same month. 10 years. 10 years. What are you going to do about what I said to you 10 years ago? Well, I talked to him, you know, because he's my daddy. I said, well, now, Lord, I really wasn't planning on doing anything about that. <laughs> he said, well, you're going to have to or else. I said, I believe I will. <laughs> you see, I'd have got acquainted with some of his else's along the way. <laughs> and really, they weren't his else's because if he's walking in his will, the else wouldn't have helped him. <laughs> Amen. I said, I believe I will. I believe I will. I'll do something about it. Now, I said, well, now, Lord, I come back at him this way. You know, I, I believe I'll do something about it. But now, but now, I've been waiting on you. Ten years, he said, no, you haven't. 
I've been waiting on you 10 years. I saw something there. It took that time of me waiting to change me to get me where I could do it. By waiting on him, you partake of him. You partake of his strength. You partake of his might. You partake of his power. Hallelujah. Stand up. Oh, my mama, mama. Mare soto prevebe pepe paradude soto 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 brevene. He's almost got some of you prepared. I tell you right now. See, I'm still on that. I can't get away from this. Spirit of God brings me back to it. One thing is you reach out with your spirit towards me. That's what reason. Pull on me with your spirit. I want to help you. It's taking your time. Oh, my. But we're there. Now, say when we're there. I don't mean now it's going to happen the next 30 minutes or even tomorrow, even next week. Because one day is a thousand years with the Lord and one thousand years one day but but from the standpoint of man you are just about prepared some of you some of you it's going to take some more time but you'll get there if you'll be faithful hallelujah I said hallelujah how is it coming to pass Lord just leave that with me I'll bring it to pass yeah, but now if it comes to pass, this will have to happen and that will have to happen and, and I see no possibility. Well, I have a way of bringing things to pass, you see, beyond what you can even think. Ask or think. So don't measure me by your thinking. Just say, Lord, it's in your hands. I'm in your hands. My life is in your hands. My future is in your hands. My ministry is in your hands. My all is in your hands. And then wait. Hallelujah. Now that's all you really need to know. You want to know more. I want to know more. But he ain't going to tell you anymore. Because if you told you all of it and you could see it all, you wouldn't be walking by faith. You'd be walking by sight. And that wouldn't please him. I said that wouldn't please him. Amen. Amen. Because it said, without faith it's impossible to please him. And so if he told you everything, showed you the whole thing, you'd be walking by sight, not by faith, and that wouldn't please him. So pick up on it now and walk by faith, and you'll be fine and you'll do fine. All right. Uh, here is, uh, is, uh, is another verse I want us to share. Spirit of God impressed me with, and then we're going to do it. We're just going to do. We're going to just spend the rest of the time doing. Amen. Now turn to James. Uh, let's skip on down here to the 16th verse. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Now here's the thought that the Spirit of God wants me to, to, to impress you with today. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth a little bit. Huh? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Somebody got the amplified translation? Who has amplified translation there? Praise God. Hand that to me there, brother, would you please? I want to read that from the amplified translation. I, I, I just, I think it, well, it does just what the title says. It amplifies it. Amen. 
mix it just really a little bit more. Well, let's see. I, I, I like to say pungent. Is that a good word? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Here's what the Amplified says that, about that latter part of the verse. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Now, do you want to make tremendous power available? Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, 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 after all, he said that right here in this same chapter, this back up to that 13th verse then. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. He's going through a hard place. Let him pray. Well, he wants to make tremendous power available, don't he? I mean, I mean, how did Paul and Silas make tremendous power available? We know, bless God, there's a great earthquake. Well, that's what the Bible called. You know, the whole earth didn't shake. You, you don't have any record of any other houses, anything happening, just the jail. Just the jailhouse. I mean, it shook till ever the bonds fell off. Those stocks fell off of Paul and Silas' feet. The doors of the prison fell open, didn't they? Every one of them. And that keeper of the prisoner, see, see, they'd been commanded into his care. He knows if they escape, he's going to cost him his life. And so he just starts to fall on his sword, kill himself. And Paul said, do thyself no harm, we're all here. And he called for a light and sprang in. That means he jumped in there and said, what, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Well, what do you want to get saved for? Anyway, what's he know about it? He heard Paul and Silas praying. <laughs> Glory. Amen. And singing praises to God. You see, they got in jail, but you know what they knew how to do? They knew how to do what this verse says, and that is that they knew how to make tremendous power available. Now, it was there all the time, but the stocks didn't fall off their feet. It was there all the time, but the doors didn't fall open, swing open. The, the power was there all the time, but they got to make it available to the situation. How'd they do it? By praying and singing praises to God. And they made enough power available. Bless God. The stocks fell off their feet. They didn't know nobody unlock them. How come them? Everyone's bands were loosed. The prison doors were open. Now, if that's not a lesson for us, Amen. You see, not only did Paul and Silas make tremendous power available for themselves, but everybody else present. And so folks all around us are bound. Bound. Amen. Even Christians. After all, Paul and Silas were Christians, weren't they? They were, amen. They were bound. They needed to be made free. How are you going to get them free? How are you going to get them free? Come on. See? Oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. Let's read that again from the Amplified. The earnest, not that little old sing song, just saying a few words and letting it go and hoping God heard you. The earnest, 
heartfelt. You know, you can tell where the fellow's praying out of his heart, his head or not. It's so dry and dead and cold when he prays out of his head. But when he comes out of his heart, there's warmth, there's vigor, there's vitality. Amen. The earnest, heartfelt, continued. Stayed at it. Prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Woo! Glory to God. Well, let's don't just shout about it. Let's do something about it. And so let's spend the rest of our time just praying. Praise God. If you want to sing, sing. Hallelujah. You won't bother. Draw an imaginary circle around you and the Lord. Just imagine nobody here but me and Jesus. And talk to him. And pray to him out of your spirit. Are you following me? Hallelujah. All right, let's do it then. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Blessed be Coronda Dabra, De De Sasta, Combre Veni, Lenjanada, De Calecci, Tista Stoco, Robra Ve, Meme Miranada, Destestudo, Tucurati, Cady, Stampo Frama, Vayane. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, praise and reverence and honor and glory be unto thee in thy name forever. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. The name of the Lord. The name of the Lord. The name that's above every name. The name of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be his holy name. Glory to God. Blessed be his glorious name. Blessed be his wonderful name. Blessed be his omnipotent name. Glory to God. That name, that name, that name that's above every name. We magnify the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ye kamanande desus tombora dane nandes. Ye le nano maladiste sapratitene venananoda. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Mamara Datakistas. Praise his holy name. <laughs> Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, hallelujah. I will praise him. I will praise him. I will praise him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. 
Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We worship you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now just lift your hand, close your eyes. And just imagine you're standing right before the throne of God and just worship him. Tell him how much you love him. Glory to God. Tell him how wonderful he is. How wonderful he is. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Men sakura na labre Yes, yes, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, Yes. We honor you. We honor you and worship you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now just forget about yourself. Think about him. Think about how great, how mighty is our God. Who is like unto the Lord our God? The creator of the universe. Hallelujah. Uh, oh, we praise you, Lord. Thou art good. Thou art great. Thy love is everlasting. Yes. 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 Uh, in your presence, in your presence, in your presence. You think about how big he is, how great he is. Our small problems just melt away into insignificance. My father, Jesus said, is greater than all. Oh, glory to God. And he's working on our behalf. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for victory today. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, we thank you. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Well, let's stand up and thank him. Thank him because he is great. (laughs) Thank him because he is good. Thank him because he's our father. Thank him because he's for us and not against us. Thank him because we're in his family. Oh, father, father, we're in your family. You're our father. We love you. We love you. You love us. 
Thank you, Father, for your great love. Thank you because you loved us. And Jesus said, has loved us even as you love him. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We magnify your holy name. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Say it out loud. My Father is greater than all. All what? Amen. Everything, anything, the devil and all of his cohorts. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I believe it's all right to brag on the Lord, don't you? I said, don't you? Is he great? Praise God. Thank God he is. Thank God he is. concludes this message. For more information about Kenneth Hagen Ministries, call 1-888-283-2484 or visit our website at www.rhema.org or write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150-0126. And in Canada, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 335, Station D, Etobicoke, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9A4X3.